It's wonderful to see you all here today. You know, I figured since the readings are really short, that means I can give you a really long homily, right? Okay, you guys had a better reaction than the 6.30. They were not having it. So in the first reading we hear, Moses at once bowed down to the ground in worship. Then he said, if I find favor with you, O Lord, do come along in our company. This is indeed a stiff-necked people. Yet pardon our wickedness and sins and receive us as your own. And as I read this first reading, especially as the week went on, the question popped into my head, is Moses talking about those Israelites of the Exodus fleeing from Egypt, or is he talking about us? Because because the answer really could be both, it seems like, right? You know, as I was looking around at what's going on in the world today with just so much, so many different things, I was, you know, discussing this with a friend of mine, and she said to me, you know what people in the world need? They just need some more Jesus. And I said, you know, that's, that's so true. Because we can look around the world today, and we see stubborn and stiff-necked people who not only refuse to listen to God, but who refuse to listen to each other. We see wickedness, and we see sin, and it's all around us. And so it can be very easy to ask that question, where has God gone? Is He even living with us right now? Has He abandoned us while we suffer through this plague, through this trial of racism, through this rioting and looting, and all of these things seem to be happening all at once? In fact, I bet there's someone out there reading the book of Revelation and then looking around and thinking, is this the end? Is this the end of the world? Is this the end times? The answer, of course, is yes, it is the end times. But don't understand that the wrong way. What I'm not saying is that the world is going to end tomorrow although I'm not God, and he only is the one who knows that, so maybe it will, I don't know. But the truth we need to know is this. We have been in these end times since the passion, death, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. But that's good news, because what that means is that the kingdom of God is here. What that means is that God has not abandoned us. Because if His kingdom is here, so is He. And we know this because God so loved the world that He gave us His only begotten Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but will have eternal life. Because God did not send His Son to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved. Because God was not willing to let that sin of Adam and Eve or all of those sins of Israel or all of those sins that have happened before we were born or all of those personal sins we ourselves have committed, He's not willing to let those stand. So He came to the world and He saved us. And He extended this offer of kinship, of participation in His kingdom to us. And so through our baptisms, we entered not just the church of God, but the family of God too. 
and not even just the family of God. We have become a part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ Himself. And so what that means is that we have been invited to participate in the divine life of God. In the divine life of the Trinity. But what does that mean? What does participating in the life of the Trinity or even the Trinity mean? That's a question we can spend our entire life asking and answering and asking more and answering. And there are theologians who have done exactly that. The greatest of theologians have done exactly that. But ultimately, we have to recognize that sharing in the life of God is a mystery we will never fully comprehend because we will never fully comprehend God. Even in heaven, when we have the beatific vision, we'll never fully comprehend God because He is so much greater, so much more infinite, so much more magnificent than our souls can contain, our infinite souls. It was reminding me of something I learned in engineering school, and I was really excited about this because, you know, engineering school, applicable in a homily? Cool. So we talked about this thing called levels of infinity. Some things are more infinite than others. I got to think that, you know, faith and reason are colliding here in a beautiful way to show us that. So it's reasonable to say that even though our souls are infinite, there is an infinite being. This, this God of ours is so much higher, so much more infinite than us. And perhaps the most profound of these infinite mysteries of God is that of the Trinity. That our one God is three divine persons who share one substance. And really, if I say anything else, it's heresy. So we have to be very careful now. So, even though we will never comprehend the Trinity fully, we still can grasp at it. You know, when we see little kids, right? They don't understand the world so much around them, but they can see something. You know, I'm thinking of little babies especially. Like, they see a light off in the distance and they just stare at it and try to grab at it sometimes. And that's kind of like us with God. St. Paul does a marvelous job of grasping at God in this second reading today. He writes, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And it's... It's an amazing ending for his second letter to the Corinthians. We use it at the beginning of Mass. We replace the word fellowship with communion. If you look at the Latin, it's the same word. But it shines a light on some characteristics of the Trinity that can help us to grasp at God. It shows us that love is associated with the Father that grace is somehow associated with the Son, and somehow fellowship is specially associated with the Holy Spirit. How is this? So, I had to bring in the heavyweights. I had to go look at St. Thomas Aquinas because he is much smarter than I will ever be. And he said that these associations so show us the cause 
so what this person can cause within us in a special way. So by loving us, God the Father has given us the ability to love. And then because of the love of the Father, He sent the Son to the world to save us. And the Son became the source of grace. Which is a way of saying that Jesus Christ, by becoming human and dying and conquering sin for us, has made it possible for the divine life of God to live in our souls. Because that's what grace is. It's a little sharing in the divine life of God. And then last but not least, the Holy Spirit, having been sent by the Father through the Son, communicates all of these gifts to each one of us. And because these gifts have the same source this, from God, it means that the Holy, Spring, the Holy Spirit brings us into fellowship and into communion, not just with our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also with the life of God Himself. When talking about things so amazing, it's not really good to try and fully explain it. Because if we, if we try to fully explain it, we can run the risk of thinking that we do understand it. And like I said, that's, that's not a good plan with the Trinity because it is a mystery. We won't understand it. But what we can do is we can take a few moments and ponder the mystery. We can ask God to share that life with us. And so today, let's ask God to lift that veil, that cloud, just a little bit so that we can begin to grasp at the glory of God, the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and ask Him, how do these things impact my life today?